Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. You get a credit card, and you get a credit card, and you get a credit card. Credit cards are easy to get, but wow, they can sure cause a lot of emotional stress and really a monkey wrench in your money game plan. And this pandemic has shown that it's both A, good to have credit cards because, you know, I mean, who saw this thing coming? And also that you need a strategy to win at the credit card game. Beverly Harzog, the credit card expert for U.S. News and World Report, is here to pull back the curtain and share the credit card secrets you need to know right now. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Gain where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna. Money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. I remember how easy it was to get a credit card back in college. It was like, great, you have a pulse. Here's a credit card. 
And at 18, I didn't have much of a care about getting into credit card debt. I thought, I'll just pay it off later. It's not that big of a deal. Well, you know, soon $1,000 turns into $5,000 and then into $10,000. Before you know it, you're in over your head in credit card debt. And it took me a long time to pay it off, but really to understand how to use credit cards wisely. For me, that means using them like a debit card where I'll put my monthly expenses on the credit card and then I'll pay it off each month. So I can keep my credit score nice and juicy, but I don't have the downsides of a credit card. And that's what works for me, but it took me a long time to get to that that place. Have I gotten into credit card debt again? Yes. I will be the first to admit it, but knowing how to win at the game or at least play well has served me over the years. And you might be struggling right now in debt. Maybe your job is in jeopardy or you've had to turn to credit cards during this pandemic. First off, I just want to tell you there is no judgment here. Absolutely no judgment. You do the best you can, and I promise you, you won't always be in debt. I do promise you that, that things will not always be this way. So I was so excited to chat with Beverly because she is a credit card expert. And even though we talked in late March, her advice is still very relevant, pandemic or non-pandemic, about how to think about credit cards now what to do if you can't even make your minimum credit card payment, and how to think about credit cards in the future. So I hope you enjoy. And yes, indeed, these are crazy times. I just want to start out with, of course, the reality. I feel like it would be amiss if we didn't do this. So a lot of people right now are just juggling what's going on, and many aren't sure, of course, if their jobs are going to be there or when things are going to resume to quote-unquote normal. Uh, I'm curious, like, what can you do right now if you're having trouble or you think you're going to have trouble, like, paying your credit card bills? What steps should you be taking to do that the smartest way possible? Okay, great question. And so many people are having problems trying to make their credit card payments right now because so many people have either lost their jobs or their hours have been cut down. Now, to the credit of the credit card issuers, <laughs> uh, many of them uh, are really trying to help out consumers during this difficult time. So here's what I want people to do. This is the smart way to approach this. Before you miss a payment, okay, call your lender whether it's your credit card payment or your uh, mortgage lender, uh, reach out to them. Um, they're, you know, they're you know, yeah. used to people having issues right now. So do not feel bad about this. Reach out to them and have some bullet points written down first so that you can cover quickly what your situation is. Uh, and they're doing their best to, to maybe delay payments, lower interest rates. It depends on the issue. Uh, you know, they've all got different approaches to this, but I'm, I'm pretty pleased with the response that I've seen so far. And I've been hearing that actually going back to the old fashioned way of calling them on the phone rather mm -hmm. than doing like a chat or sending an email <laughs> is probably the best like course of action right now. Is that is that accurate? That is accurate. In in fact, you know, sometimes when even when things are normal, uh, sometimes the best way to get a hold of them is just to call them. Uh, and <laughs> that way, you have a real person on the line. And if they can't answer your question, you can ask to speak to somebody else. You can ask to speak to their supervisor. And don't ever hesitate to try to go up the ladder when you're talking to someone. You know, most of these customer service reps, especially right now, really are just trying to help you, and they'll help you get to the right person. You know, credit card issuers have hardship departments as well. So if you think this is going to be a long-term problem, uh, you know, even, you know, let's say the virus ends in a couple, not ends, but let's say things get normal within a couple of months. If you think it's going to take you a year or two to uh, kind of recover from this financially, reach out now and let them know that you need more of a long-term approach. And are there any, I mean, I've heard different theories about this, curious what, what you think, but are there any magical words that you need to say? Like I heard a lot of people suggest that if you're going to call, you need to say like this is because of the coronavirus in order to to get access to whatever kind of relief. Like are there those magical words? That is a really good question. And uh, yes, I mentioned coronavirus. You know, that's why I recommend you write down a couple of bullet points 
Uh, you want to be very specific about how the coronavirus has impacted your financial situation. Uh, you don't want to go on and on <laughs> because I've got a lot of people calling them right now. But you do want to have, you know, the details that you can convey in a short amount of time. And it's very important also <laughs> to be very polite. Uh, and honestly, sometimes kindness just goes a long way in a situation like this. So just be patient and kind and, you know, own your situation, you know, so that they know you are planned to uh, resolve this as soon as things are normal. Uh, so, you know, use those couple of buzzwords there and uh, you should be fine. That's great advice. And let's say that you are like you're still on a good front. You still have your job, money's still coming in. Are there any credit card steps maybe you should be taking during this this time right now? Uh, if you are on a good front, I mean, should you be mm -hmm. focusing on like debt payoff or trying to get maybe on the lowest interest rate so you could pay off your debt quicker? Like, are there any any steps you should be taking? You know, this is a really good time to do a little credit and debt housekeeping. <laughs> you know, we're all spending a lot of time at home. Um, I suggest during this time, let's say you've got, you know, your job is steady. Um, and, you know, congrats on that. That's such a, a you know, <laughs> <An> achievement. <laughs> a great, I know you're right now. Yes. If you're still working and that's wonderful. <laughs> uh, one thing that you can do is check your credit report. Okay. Uh, check your credit report, annualcreditreport.com and just look at it and be sure there aren't any errors on it. This is a good time to do that. You get three, uh, free annual reports, uh, from each of the three major credit bureaus every 12 months. So just check it out. Uh, now, if you have credit card debt, if you still have excellent credit, and I'm, I'm hoping you do since uh, you, you're still in good shape financially, uh, it might be a good time to get a balance transfer card mm. uh, where you can transfer that debt and pay 0% interest for anywhere from 12 to 21 months. So you know there are a lot of things if you're in good financial shape that you can kind of work on right now. And I've also seen, um, of course, not that anybody is traveling right now, but I have seen a lot of the uh, major credit card companies that have the travel specific rewards cards offer some what I consider to be some like fairly lucrative rewards right now to, to kind of lure people in, of course, but to take advantage of, of what's going on. Is that maybe a good time to to think about a card like that if you are a traveler for obviously we're all going to get back traveling at some point but to take advantage of some of those those bonus reward points this is a good time to think about that if you're in good shape financially uh and you know the credit card issuers are giving some really good rewards right now because uh you know travel credit cards you know the demand for that has gone down as people are staying home. But there's always a bonus, okay? And you could spend the next three months just working on getting the bonus and then maybe travel in six months. So yeah, you could plan ahead like that. Uh, but that's, you know, if you're in good financial shape. Now, if you've got debt, I don't recommend that right now because you want to focus on paying down that debt if you can, uh, or at least, you know, uh, treading water until, you know, this thing passes and you can get back to your work. Yeah, that's a good point. So I'm, I'm curious, has the last few weeks for you been been completely crazy as as a credit card expert? Are you are you like on the phone all day long talking about tips? <laughs> uh, I am. I am extremely busy and I'm just so happy that I can be of service during this time. And as you know, for U.S. News and World Report, I'm their credit card expert and I'm writing a lot about coronavirus and credit and uh, doing what I can to help people get the information they need to try to stay financially afloat. Yeah, because it feels like it's changing every day. And uh, <laughs> especially with the new bill that passed, it's you think it's one thing and then it's the next thing and then it's something else. It's like I, I could see how it's it's pretty impossible for just the average person to figure out what the heck is going on and, and what should I be doing or not doing? I think that can even be really confusing. There's a lot of noise out there right now. There is a lot of noise out there. And, you know, it's very important that you only use credible sources. And, of course, U.S. News <laughs> is a great source. <laughs> uh, but, yes, uh, you know, educate yourself about all of this right now. And if you're one of those that is, you know, having a lot of financial difficulties right now, go through your budget, okay? 
go through your budget and slash all the expenses you can. And, and remember, this is just temporary. This is a temporary solution uh, because you know I'm uh, you know I'm an, uh, a credit expert who believes that you should probably keep your latte if you love your latte. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we all need treats, but these are unusual times. But you know, try to keep one little treat for yourself, maybe one latte a week. <laughs> but you know, try to just trim down your budget as much as you can, reserve cash as much as you can. And this is going to pass. We're all going to get through this and we're going to get to the other side of this thing. And I'll be there to help people, you know, get out of debt if that's what they need or advise about credit cards. That's great to know. It's always, it's always nice to know that you have, you have a friend out there that, that can help you. I'm, I'm curious, like what led you into the, the, the wild world of, of being a credit card expert? Yeah, it, it's not something that you say when you're a little kid. <laughs> so what happened was when I got out of college and I majored in accounting of all things, I was a CPA, uh, but I didn't know anything about personal finance. So I started getting all of these uh, credit card offers, you know, because um, uh, I had I was making a good living at the time. And so I got like seven credit cards back in those days. It was so easy to get a credit card, ran up debt on seven cards and got to the point where I couldn't pay my bills. And so I had to spend two years getting out of credit card debt and teaching myself how to have a budget, track my spending. And I got out of debt. I had about 21000 in credit card debt. And I got out in two years. Um, I ate a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches <laughs> during that time. Uh, I was single, so that helped a lot because I didn't have the expenses of children, uh, you know, or a big household. Uh, so that did help. But, uh, you know, you can do it. When you get yourself in a situation like this, you know, I just owned it. And I said, you know, I'm going to learn what I can. And then I became so passionate about it, I decided I wanted to help others avoid all the mistakes I'd made. Uh, because, you know, it, people don't know what they don't know. So I just, I found that to be my calling in life. So that's how that worked out. I'm I'm curious, can you share like some of the tips of of how you, because I always say it's, it's, it's not that hard, and yet it is virtually impossible to get out of debt. I mean, the the way you do it is is not that hard, but the actual like mindset and really, you know, the day in day out action and choices that you make that's the hard part. But I'm curious if you could share a little bit like what your journey was like, yeah, how you made that switch from I'm in twenty one thousand dollars of debt to okay, here is how I'm actually day in day out getting out of that debt. You know, you're making a great point because staying motivated while you're going through this is really difficult. I mean, that's one of the biggest things about getting out of debt. You have to be persistent and you have to just keep going even when you're getting a little depressed. (laughs) But here's the good news. Okay. Every month, you're going to see that debt number go down. And that is incredibly exhilarating. It really is. It's quite an adrenaline rush. And after about six months of this, you just want to keep going to get rid of that debt. Um, and, you know, there are different ways to get out of debt. I mean, you can do it the old-fashioned way, um, you know, and work on one card at a time. Uh, or you can, if you still have good credit, you can get a balance transfer credit card, you know, and, and perhaps, you know, have an opportunity to have a 0% and not pay any interest for 12 to 21 months. That's an awesome way to get out of debt, you know, if you can do that. Uh, and if you plan carefully, you know, you'll be able to be out of debt or at least reduce the debt significantly by the time that uh, intro period ends. But there are a lot of ways to approach your debt, and it kind of depends on your personal situation. Yeah. And and how did you keep yourself motivated? Was it just like constantly keeping in, in front of mind, this is my goal and this is what I'm going towards? You know, the very first thing I did was I looked at it. I looked at yes. them and it took me a while. You know, I started like making payments before I actually added it all up. Um, <laughs> and what I did during that time too, was I got a new job because I needed more money to pay off the debt. So I did, I made a couple of different steps during that time. I didn't have a car payment and I kept a very old car during this time. Uh, so, you know, I sacrificed a little there. Um, I downsized my uh, gym. Uh, membership. I, I was a member of a nice health club. And so I downsized it to 
just a local gym where I could do aerobics, you know. Uh, so exercise was a very important part of getting through my debt, um, you know, because with debt, it can make you feel physically ill. It really mm-hmm. can, especially when you first get started on it. So I say do whatever you can to relieve the stress. And these days, you know, there are so many ways, you know, you can get on, you know, personal finance blogs. Uh, you can find forums where people are getting up debt together. There's so many opportunities uh, to try to, you know, have a, a supportive network around you. And, you know, another thing I want to say about debt is there's also, you know, there's always a lot of shame around it. And I want to uh, set people straight about that right now. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're not alone. Okay. And I went through that at the beginning and, you know, I, I was in kind of denial because I didn't want to face that. I felt very embarrassed about having done this, especially given what I did for a living. Uh, but, you know, personal finance is very different. But, you know, this happened to you you know, bad stuff happens. It happened and just own it and figure out your plan and keep going. And I had a lot of visual reminders too. I remember uh, putting, you know, using a, a whiteboard where I was you know, watching my debt go down. And these days, you know, you can look at like mint.com, uh, which I've used for years. Even my kids use that. I taught them how to use it. Uh, there's so many ways to, uh, you know, yeah, uh, track your finances online and you can get like bar graphs showing how, you know, how your debt is going down, you know, when you start paying off this stuff, you can set goals. So, you know, whatever works for you, if you're a visual person, something like that, you know, is, is really a good idea. And Pinterest, you know. Yes. Uh, oh, come on. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I have a lot of Pinterest. Sports. I love Pinterest. Uh, I'm mostly there just for for fun, for recipes and uh, trips, things like that. But uh, it's great to have. Oh, also I have a success vision board there. So something like that uh, can keep you going. Think about what you're going to get. You know, when you are financially free from your debt. You know, maybe you've been wanting to invest. You know, in a condo or a home, or maybe your car's falling apart and you need something. Yeah, you know, in that category, you know, it's just have something, some, you know, short term goals and long term goals to help keep you motivated. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. 
The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. It's Tuesday, so we've got another Ask Shauna, and this one comes from Tori, and Tori says... Hi, Shauna. Thank you so much for this podcast. It has been my go-to during quarantine when I need to escape from my boyfriend. Don't tell him I said that, though. (laughs) No, really. It's helped me stay focused and not freak out so much about the future. 
I was wondering, can you give me any thoughts on where you think we're headed with the economy, et cetera? I mean, just your gut opinion. I just don't know what to think anymore, and I'm tired of watching the news, you and me both, Tori. <laughs> Thanks again for great episodes and making me feel like we're just hanging out and talking about money, especially during this really difficult time. Well, Tori, first off, of course, I will not tell your boyfriend. Your secret is safe with me, but I understand because <laughs> I myself might have even turned to a few podcast episodes, not my own, of course, other people's to, let's just say, have a little escape from time to time. I have been in quarantine since here in Los Angeles since early March because I got sick. And so, I mean, right, we're going on a really long time where I have pretty much just hung out with my husband and I love him to death and we get along great and we run a business together and that's all wonderful. But I miss my friends <laughs> and I miss other people. So I hear what you're saying. Wow, uh, that's a doozy of a question, and I wish I had a crystal ball. I wish I could really figure this out for you or figure this out for me. I will say there are a couple of interesting anomalies, maybe not anomalies, but we have had in April now, believe it or not, the best stock market gains in 33 years in the middle of a pandemic, which is very strange, but we've also had the worst unemployment since the Great Depression. So we have this scenario where we all knew this, right? We all talk about this idea of the wealth gap, of the divide between the haves and the have-nots, whatever you want to call it. We all know this exists. And I don't know where you are on that spectrum. And I don't care. I don't care. It's it's not up to me to judge or to care. You You live your life. But these are the realities. So we've got really the top 1%, but I would argue it's probably the top 10% of wealthiest people here in the United States who haven't felt the pandemic as much financially speaking as those of us that are just working to live, just trying to get through day by day. So we're, we're having this polar opposite effect happening. And and the stock market, if you look at the majority of the people investing in the stock market who have real big, big, big money in the stock market are in that, that top 10%, 1%, whatever it may be, wealthiest people. So it's just a very interesting, there's no real judgment here. I just think that it's really interesting to look at things from that perspective. We've also had industries that are almost demolished, like the airline industry, hospitality, cruises, all of those sorts of things. Obviously, restaurants and and even retail. I think to myself, what are malls going to look like when everything opens up again? Will some of those stores be, be able to survive? Will we just have malls where it's just the big retailers and maybe even smaller, smaller retailers, meaning less real retailers. That's what I should say. So we're going to see the Walmarts and the Targets uh, and, and those types of bigger stores. But are we going to see the smaller stores? I don't know. And people who had thriving businesses that they're, they were running a great business, but obviously nobody was set up to have a, basically a timeout, a TO in your business for two, three months, most businesses weren't operating with with that uh, that big of a margin in their cash reserve. So <laughs> this, this really hit hard. And again, I'm not going to get into a political debate here because that's, that's not what I want to do, but we don't have things like national health care or even some social programs that a lot of the other countries have that have been shut down for a while. Now, if you're listening and you're in another country, I absolutely know that you have been feeling this financially too. So I'm not disregarding that, but I still feel like the stock market is going to ebb and flow quite a bit. I feel like it is completely overpriced for what we're going to experience as an economy, but Again, you know, just put your uh, glasses on, if you will, and be a spectator right now for what's going on because it's it's really fascinating to have these two polar opposites. So, what do you do going forward if 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 you're trying to figure out how to operate in all of this? Well, 
we can only control certain things, right? So think about your credit score. How can you keep your credit score good? Can you boost your credit score right now? Because if you do have to borrow money, having good credit score is is definitely the best thing for you. What about your emergency fund? I mean, I know a lot of us are are dipping into our emergency funds, but are there ways that you can look at your expenses and say, oh, maybe I could cut a few things out. I don't need all this stuff. And even if it's a few bucks here or there, you know, drive that into your emergency fund. What's your game plan going forward? Because things are going to look a little bit differently. So we have to think about our money, about the life we want to live a little bit differently. And then that leads into mindset. Where is your mindset around money? You can't control a lot of things, but you can control that mindset piece. You can control the things you need to let go of, the the anxiety, the panic, the mistakes, the grief, all of those sorts of things. They're too heavy for you to carry around. And I think lastly, just think about everything from a grace perspective. Do what you can. If you have to turn to credit cards right now, who cares? Go for it, right? We'll figure it out. We'll 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 get you to the other side. Whatever you have to do right now, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And I'm not going to throw this whole we're all in it together message at you because frankly, I'm kind of tired of hearing that message. But I just want to come at you from a place of non-judgment and and just to f- tell you that no matter what you have to do right now to just stay afloat and to keep your family afloat, it's going to be okay. I was thinking about this earlier today that particularly if you have credit card debt, but really this could go for anyone. Right now is such a great time for you to really realize, like, what are my expenses that I absolutely need to have in my life? And what are the things that right now I, I I don't actually need that? Maybe I could cut that out for the future going forward. But Use this time to do an inventory of those expenses and figure out what you actually need and maybe what you were paying for that you didn't even actually need. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you know, I mean, I spend a lot of time indoors. Now, I work remotely anyway. <laughs> so it wasn't a major transition for me, but I'm not used to being here all day and not seeing people at lunch. So that, that's different. I've been outside a lot and I tend to walk outside power walks and stuff for extra and run or exercise anyway. But think about all the stuff you're doing for free right now. (laughs) All right. We're all cutting down on how much we spend on restaurants, gas. Okay. Um, You know, maybe you don't need that health club membership. Maybe you can't work out at home. You know, whatever it is you need to be happy, you know, and save as much cash as you can. And if you can cut out some of these expenses, Take the amount of money you're saving and add that to your minimum payment on your credit card debt. Uh, you know, this is a way to start paying down. Uh, now, if you're only paying minimums, uh, you know, that's a very difficult way to get out of debt because of compound interest. But if you can start doubling your minimum payments and tripling, and that's what I did, you know, when I was trying to get out of debt, you know, and the more money I earned and the more I was able to save by cutting expenses, I applied it to um, my credit card payment. So I went from just minimums to doubling it to tripling it. Uh, and that's how you can get out of debt, too. It's like a snowball that picks up more snow as it goes down, yeah, goes down I mean, the hill. That's a popular method. I mean, you can do snowball where you start with the smallest balance and work your way up to the largest balance. You pay more interest that way. But some people like that because you get a quick emotional and psychological boost because you pay off one account fast. Avalanche goes the other way where you start with the highest APR and work your way down, save the most money. Uh, in my book, The Dead Escape Plan, I came up with the blizzard method. <laughs> this is when, stated with a snow theme, <laughs> this is when you start with the smallest balance, uh, pay that off because that's a quick emotional boost. And then you switch to avalanche. So you save more money. Uh, and that's how I did it all those years ago. Um, mm. Yeah. And uh, I needed a quick boost just to get going. And then my adrenaline was going and I was able to do the rest with the avalanche method. So, you know, it's very personal, really. You have to decide what you can stick to. That's the method to use, the one you can stick to. I like that blizzard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've gotten a few questions from listeners over the last couple of months around credit cards. I thought it would be fun since I have an expert to go through uh, some of these. The first one, they're asking, is there a right amount or wrong amount of credit cards to have? So how do you figure out what what that amount is of 
what will work best for your credit score and what actually will work best for, for you and your lifestyle and your spending needs? Yeah, that is a very common question. I get that one a lot. Uh, you know, the right number of credit cards uh, really depends on you and your spending style. Uh, you know, if you um, don't live, you know, um, you know, like a month to month, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you've got some extra cash and you want to earn rewards, um, you know, it's great to have a cashback credit card, a travel credit card. Uh, I also suggest that you have a credit card that, uh, has a very low APR, uh, you know, just kind of a vanilla credit card is what we call mm, it. And, yeah. You know, it doesn't have frills, but you get a low uh, interest rate. And once you develop a credit rating and you've got pretty good credit, you might qualify for one of these cards. And uh, I keep one of those for an emergency. Okay. Cause you never know. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had to replace the roof on my house and I didn't want to totally drain my emergency fund because I also, my son was still in college at the time. I started that expense. So what I did was I put it on my low interest credit card for just two months just to spread that out because I knew I had some cash, extra cash coming in in that second month. So sometimes you could be very strategic with your credit card. Now, if you're in debt, I don't recommend any of this. Yes. <laughs> but if you're at a point where you're paying your bills on time, which is the most important thing for your score, pay your bills on time and don't uh, you know have a high ratio on your credit cards. And that that means, you know, let's say you have a credit card that has a thousand dollar limit, you shouldn't exceed thirty percent of that. So three hundred dollars, you know, unless it's an emergency, you know, and in the usual situation, then your score will bounce back. And I tell people while they are trying to get a high score, trying to build their score up, uh, keep it below ten percent. And that's on each credit card. The FICO score looks at your ratio across all of your credit cards. It also looks at individual credit cards. So mm, yeah. back to your question about how many cards, it depends on how involved you want to be with your credit cards. I mean, I've got friends who are into credit card hacking who have 15 credit cards. <laughs> I talk about credit cards all day, so I really don't want that to be my hobby as well. <laughs> And I'm not willing to spend my time with spreadsheets and all that. So it depends on you know what you get excited about. And if you really are traveling a lot, you might be interested in that. But for me, I just try to cover you know a cash back rewards, uh, travel rewards, and uh, I have a card uh, Chase Sapphire Preferred, which I love, and it also includes dining rewards uh, because when there's not a pandemic, I like to eat out. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> Imagine how weird that's going to feel that first time we go and sit yeah, in a restaurant. I, I know. And I'm trying to support local restaurants by getting deliveries, you know, but, um, you know, I worry about the, the local restaurants and uh, trying to do a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, it will be great when we can all go out again. And I do believe, you know, I'm very optimistic about this. Uh, I do believe that when this is over, I think the economy is going to bounce back pretty quickly. I mean, we're going to you know, dive into a recession here, but this isn't the result of a normal cycle. Okay. This is sort of like a natural disaster type event. So, you know, I think, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time, but I think we're going to bounce back faster than uh, some people, you know, think that we might. I agree. I agree with that. And you were talking, uh, obviously, about uh, making payments on time. So I had a question. What should you do if you missed a payment and it's your first time? Mm -hmm. uh, are, are there any strategies? I guess we could take that one if you missed it and it's your first time. And then what if you're in the camp where you do have like a 30, 60 or 90 day late? Mm -hmm. How should you approach those scenarios? Okay, the first thing you want to do is pick up the phone. <laughs> We're going to go the old-fashioned <laughs> because this is a, an incident that you want to take care of immediately. All right, so pick up the phone, but before you make that call, have your bullet points ready. Okay, why did this happen? Is it because uh, you were ill and you had automatic payment set up and for some reason that didn't happen and you just found out or you're temporarily unemployed and you just got a new job, so this is a one-time situation? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just right. be sure that you can describe how this happened, okay? And don't make something up. I mean, be honest. And if you normally pay your bills on time, then probably something unusual did happen. Uh, so let them know, you know, I've, you know, I've heard from people that had great success with this, you know, calling, explaining what happened, 
you know, you can even ask to have the late fee removed if this is your first time, and they might do that. Uh, you know, if you're a multiple offender here, they, <laughs> they might still charge you the late fee. But what you want to do is get this account, you know, um, up to date as quickly as possible, so they don't end up reporting it to the credit bureaus. That's when it ends up on your record or your report, your credit report. So let's hop to that. Let's say you're 60 days late. And it shows up on your credit report. Now, at that point, uh, legally, it's going to stay on your credit report for seven years. But I know that sounds like a long time. But before anybody despairs over this, after the first two years, the impact on your credit score starts to decrease. Okay, so you know it's it's one of those things where okay, it is what it is, and. If it's, you know, if it really did happen, okay, unless it's an error, if it really did happen, you, there's, you know, you have really no recourse here. You just have to deal with this. And the most important thing is to get back on track immediately. You know, get that account up to date and be sure you've got, you know, a process in place. You want to be tracking your spending because sometimes this happens because people aren't tracking their spending and all of a sudden they realize oh gosh, I have uh, put too much on my credit card and I can't pay this off for 60 days, you know, or maybe they get you know, flustered and miss the payment altogether. Uh, so, you know, be on top of the process. I call this your financial foundation. You want to have a budget in place and track your spending. Okay. And that will help you stay on top of things. And if you do think that you're going to miss a payment, um, you need to pick up that phone. And this is true during normal times. You pick up the phone and let them know what is about to happen. Talk to the hardship department and they will do their best to help you. They'll help you for about 12 months. So if it's like a long-term problem and you're drowning in debt, uh, I have different advice for that. <laughs> if it looks like it's going to be you know, a year or less of financial struggle, that you know, reach out to the credit card issuer. That's such great advice. Um Here's another question I've, I've actually got asked like four or five times in the last several months. That, that question about car rental insurance, when you go to rent your car and that constant debate is, do you need to pay that huge amount for car rental insurance? Or if you're renting on your credit card, are you covered? Like, how do you figure that out? Yeah, I, I get this question too. And my my answer is not really very popular. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna have to read the fine print. <laughs> okay. Uh -oh. And that is that is never fun. All right. But uh you've got to you know you can get online and uh or they may have sent you disclosure statements in the mail that have more details than what you can find online. Uh, because sometimes credit card issuers don't make it easy to find all these details. Imagine uh, that. Yeah. And see, the problem, too, is all credit card issuers, they have different policies. So this is why, you know, you can't just assume, you know, you know what to do because you read something online. You really have to be specific about your credit card issuer and sometimes even specific about the credit card within that credit card issuer. You know, some of these things have different uh, you know, different benefits, you know, and perks. Uh, so you need to know that, uh, you know, one thing that's usually true is you don't need to buy the insurance if your card offers, I mean, when you're at the rental desk, if right. your card offers rental insurance. But again, if you can't find enough information uh, to feel comfortable about what your rental insurance covers, call the issuer and ask. I think we're we're like we our our um our big sign that we're going to hang in the air after this episode <laughs> is pick up the phone and call because I think so many people it's so easy to just do want to do the online chat or not want to talk to your credit card company. I know for some people it's even fear they get afraid calling them, but it really is the best way to find all of this out so you have the information and you you ask all the questions ahead of time. And, you know, you have to be proactive. And what everyone needs to do during this uncertain time is protect your credit, you know, and your finances. You know, do whatever you can. And while we're all home <laughs> and, you know, have some free time, some of us do, um, you, know, you know, check things out. You know, get your annual credit report. Uh, credit scores are really easy to find these days. Most credit uh, card issuers 
uh, will even give you a free credit score, you know, on your monthly statement. Statement. Some of these aren't FICO scores, but they're educational scores. You know, that's still beneficial. So, you know, just take a look and see where you stand. Yeah, such great advice. Well, we have talked about so much today, Beverly. And I know we just kind of something, put a little cap on things, some things up a little bit. But if if there's one thing that you would say that everyone should remember to do right now in terms of their credit card while we're in this time, what would that be? Yeah, I think it is very important right now to check your credit card accounts online every day. I mean, I always do this, even when <laughs> during normal times. And of course, I'm a bit of an outlier. You know, I, this is what I do for a living. <laughs> but you know, during this time, we're seeing an increase in scams. And this happens every time there's some sort of crisis going on in the world. Uh, so it's very important to be sure you check your credit card accounts, look at the transactions and make sure they're legitimate so that you can jump on any uh, indication of fraud. And that's another good reason to check your credit report why you have the chance. If someone opens a new account in your name, uh, that will show up on your credit report, but you will not see that in your transactions because that will be online because that will be an entirely new credit card account. So if you do those two things, uh, you know, that might help you get through this, uh, you know, and, and avoid identity theft or credit card fraud. So that's something I want people to be aware of. And I also want everyone to take a deep breath, okay? We're going to get through this. And if you're struggling right now, uh, you know, we're going to get through this and you're going to have a lot of help when this is over. I'm going to be here to answer questions. Beverly is awesome, right? <laughs> I love her. She is also a best-selling and award-winning author of five books, including The Debt Escape Plan, which is a must-get, and Confessions of a Credit junkie. And you can find her dishing all sorts of credit card advice and tips in the money section of US News and World Report. So head over there if you want more credit card tips and strategies and just to feel like there is a way to get through this time right now, even if you have to lean on your credit cards. So as always, we are changing things up on this podcast. We are talking about money in a new way. And now that you are part of this movement of this community. It's up to all of us to invite others in. So share this episode with someone that you know needs to hear this message today. Invite them in so we can all talk about money in a new, fun, and fresh way. Thanks for checking out this episode of Millennial Money. For all the BTS on today's episode, check out the show notes. Oh, and while you're at it, share this episode with a friend, share it with your coworkers, even share it with that cute barista who gets your name correct every time. Money mindfulness is something we could all use a little help with. So why keep all this knowledge to yourself? Remember, sharing is caring. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.